You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I, I want to pick up from last week's show when we started to get into what I call the gift of adversity and how essential it is for our young athletes uh, to go through this sense of gift of adversity uh, in terms of their overall development. Now, I want to be clear about setbacks and disappointments when it comes to our youngsters in sports. What I mean is getting cut from a team, not being named a starter, or not making a key play in a big game, whatever the disappointment may be, it flat out hurts. And when you're young and you're a hopeful athlete, when your dreams don't come true, it hurts a lot. And as a parent, the last thing you ever want to see is your son or daughter having to find a way to cope with a difficult setback. Now, but the good news is, then all these difficult situations, if they're handled well, adversity can actually be transformed into a positive force. And that's what I want to talk about with you today. And, of course, we'll take your calls at one 337 Now, let me explain exactly what I mean, because this is a delicate topic. When your kid is hurting and is dealing with the middle of a setback, it's very hard for them to see how adversity could actually serve as a kind of a springboard and inspiration. They're feeling lousy and they're feeling sorry for themselves. But as an adult, and we're grown-ups, since we have faced adversity in our own lives and have gone through it ourselves, we do know that there is an upside here. In a way, the, the, the parallel or analogy I use, it's like getting vaccinated uh, as a kid. When you get the shot from the doctor... Or the nurse, yeah, it hurts right away. It's very, very painful. But in the long term, it makes you stronger because you've got that vaccination. Now, I can tell you, in my own experience with young athletes as a parent, for the first 24 hours after the setback hits, you have to be relatively quiet and just be there, just to hug your youngster and to offer some sort of kind and psychological support. There's no need at this point to voice your own disappointment or to go into lecture mode or, for that matter, to point accusing fingers at other players or the kids' coaches. No, just be there for your kid. And if they want to talk or want to vent, well, that's fine. Let them get it out of their system. But, again, this is all in the first 24 hours of that, that setback. A day or two later, once you get the sense that the sting has begun to sort of calm down, and your son or daughter has begun to get back into the daily rhythm of life, you can then very carefully pick your spot to see if your youngster wants to talk some more about what happened. If not, well, that's no problem. Just let it go. You wait another day or two. But at some point, you are going to talk, and you need to give them a serious, serious pep talk and let them know that every great athlete has been forced at some point in their career to confront adversity. 
The key question is not so much if and when they will confront adversity, because all, all young athletes do. The question is, how will they deal with it? And that is, will they just turn away and give up? Are they determined to double down on their efforts and come back and come back strong and show the world that they really are not defeated? Your pep talk doesn't have to be a long one. And in fact, it shouldn't be. But this is a critically important, teachable moment to educate your youngster that life, not just in sports, but life overall is full of unexpected setbacks and disappointments. And the way that one measures his or her life is not by being momentarily defeated, but how they respond to the setback. As I said, we all know this as grown-ups. That's the key in life as well as in sports. Now, again, I want to get some thoughts about this because clearly, particularly on, on Easter Sunday morning, adversity, you know, something we, we take very, very seriously as parents because we want the best for our kids in sports. But I'm telling you, if you're a mom or dad, you've seen the heartbreak, you've seen the setback, you've seen the tears that your kid brings home when things don't go their way. And the question now is upon you as a parent, how are you going to set the kid back on the right path? And how are you going to explain to them that this is okay, it's just a temporary kind of defeat? The question is, how are you going to b- bounce back? one 337 Let's start our conversation this morning with uh, Ali out in Bay Ridge. Ali, good morning. You're hey. on the fan. Good morning and happy Easter. You too. So I agree with everything that you're saying about adversity. And I also do want to bring up that it works in, in, in the other way, too, that when you do have success as a young athlete, like let's say you're in high school and you know, you're know you on the freshman team, JV team, and you win your championship, it can have an effect on the fact that kids feel that they have a certain entitlement or they get this thing where they, they receive a lot of attention and their, their minds get, their heads get bigger. And, and that could lead to a downfall as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it's adversity is always good. F- facing, um, you know, failure does make you strong, but also receiving, um, you know, uh, uh, gains or, or, or having success at a young age can can be uh can hurt you as well you know i, I always think i you know gr- growing up in the city uh i played basketball and i was around some great athletes kids that you know had a lot of potential to really become something of themselves as, at a young age and what had happened was they were getting so much attention from their their um uh, from older uh students from kids that were maybe, you know, 18, 19 years old, they see a kid that's 14, 15 years old dominating basketball, playing on the varsity as a sophomore, and all of a sudden he's getting all this attention and they're taking him out and he's being exposed to, you know, whatever, drugs and women and, and just, you know, getting distracted from what was, you know, what was important at the time was, was, was getting to become a better basketball player. So winning at a young age, can have an effect as well, but I do agree. I always think about the story with uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, yes, he he was a sophomore and he got cut from a varsity basketball team, and you know obviously we we'll see what what turned out to be. But um, you know it, it it it's it's definitely you know if you fall, it was the reason why you fall is just to get back up. I agree, but it also comes in the other way um, as well as you know too much success in an early stage of your life can be, you know, can have an effect on you as well. Uh, maybe when well, you do face that adversity, 
you 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 fall harder because you had such early success. Ali, I tell you, it's it's uh, and you have an interesting perspective, and I, I'm I'm glad you you mentioned that uh, because yes, there's no question if kids are only dealing with total success all the time, that can actually have a negative effect down the road, as you say, when they do encounter when they do encounter adversity. If they're not prepared for it, they'll have a real hard time. Hey, Ellie, and you know, I just I just you know I thought about something too. Uh, you know, even like with LeBron James situation, you know. The man had from from at 15 years old was getting so much attention, and it must be. I mean, not, not, I don't want to say it had to be hard on him because obviously the, the man never had a hard time in his life. I mean, if you really think about it in that that perspective, but you know the way he handles himself in certain situations, you got to give him a lot of credit because again, this man never heard the word no, and people all they do is just come at him and come at him, and you know to to lose all these championships and to still just you know keep on doing what he's doing. I mean, you got to well, give the man some certain respect I, in that aspect. There's no question. And again, my, my thanks for the call this morning. Yes. Utley. Thank you. The, the thing is that, that, you know, every athlete, and I've been around sports my entire life, and I can assure you, and I've dealt with some of the top, top athletes. Uh, I cover the top athletes. I've also obviously worked with the top athletes, the professional ranks. And I can assure you that every athlete, even the elite ones have had to, cope with and encounter have encountered adversity in their lives in any form you can imagine. And and Elia mentioned obviously the most classic example that of Michael Jordan, you know, getting cut from his high school varsity basketball team when he was a sophomore. And instead of grousing and just um basically just feeling sorry for himself, he went to the coach and said, Okay, you know, obviously I'm disappointed. Uh what do I have to do to improve my game, so a year from now when I try out for the team as a junior, what will I have to do to impress you to make the the ball club then? And that's the kind of life lesson that you know we all know. Michael Jordan is now renowned as one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and also a great competitor because he was not. It was important to him. He wanted to show the world that he was was good at basketball, and that's the kind of lesson you want to impart to to your own kids. If sports are important to them. This is how you have to handle that in terms of explaining to them that, okay, this is a momentary or a temporary setback. The question is, how are you going to respond? Um, the, the, the stories, I'm telling you, the stories of comebacks in sports, uh, are, there are millions of them. We've mentioned on the show many times, Steve Young, uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback. He was an eighth-string quarterback as a freshman at BYU. Eighth string. You remember the Giants a wide receiver, Victor Cruz? Well, he, he went undrafted in the NFL draft, and only got to try it with the Giants because it turns out his old high school was nearby to MetLife Stadium. And somebody said, yeah, we'll give this kid a shot. Uh, the NBA star, Jeremy Lin, who was, you know, such a, a wonderful month-long sensation with the Knicks a few years ago. When he was uh, in high school out in California, uh, his high school team won the large school state championship. And he figured he'd be, he was the star of the team. But he sent out a bunch of uh, highlight reels to, uh, to college coaches all over. Only two school coaches got back to him, Harvard and Brown. And he went to Harvard, of course, and, of course, now he's, he's gotten his break and he's been in the NBA for, what, 10 years. So, you know, these things happen, dealing with setbacks. I mean, you imagine how heartbroken Jeremy Lin was when nobody reached out to him except for Brown and for Harvard. Tom Brady, for goodness sakes, he was a, pretty much a second-string quarterback at Michigan until his senior year, and the NFL teams – he was a low draft choice because they looked at him and said, well, this kid, Brady, he's a little slow. He's got a bad body, not a great athlete. And yet, 
Here's Tom Brady still playing ball in his 40s. And, of course, Jim Abbott. My goodness. Jim, one of the great competitors, one of the great athletes of all time. Talk about setbacks. Born without a right hand. I mean, he played in the bigs for a number of years. Even pitched a no-hitter at Yankee Stadium. I mean, it, it's, it's, the point is the sports world is so full of these kinds of stories of comebacks. And, again, this is so crucial, critically important when you're a father or a mother to sit down and talk to your kid when they go through these kind of issues. All right, let me take a time out here. Obviously, you can tell I feel very strongly about this topic, and I think it's absolutely essential that we talk more about it this morning. one 337 6666 Let me take a time out. Pete McCarthy is here this morning. He had your update. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls. And thanks very much, John. We're back here on the Sports Edge. This morning we're talking about the gift of adversity and how important it is for every young athlete to actually experience this and to learn from the experience. It's Obviously, it's painful. And as a parent, you never want to see your kid you know, uh, have this kind of experience. But you also know as a grown-up, it's critically important for them to go through some setbacks just so you can, they learn how to respond in a positive manner. And as I said before, I guess the best analogy I can give you is when a kid gets vaccinated when they're a youngster and there's, there's some tears and some, some crying. But in the long run, that vaccination is going to make them a better, stronger uh, and healthier individual. Uh, let's go right back to your calls at one 337 6666 Let's go to uh, Man- uh, Dave in uh, Manasquan, New Jersey. Dave, good morning. You're on the fan. Yes, hello. How you doing? Yes, Dave, you're on the air. Yeah, the biggest thing I, you know, we've seen it for a long time was when even in the classroom when you weren't allowed to use red ink because you're going to maybe trigger the, the child that he's not going to do as well because he's seeing that he's made a mistake. And then you couldn't write on the paper because he's made a mistake because you're, you're affecting on how he would think. And then it moved into the classroom, you know, out of the classroom into the playing field where – if you if a kid gets cut, you're like, well, how are we gonna? You know, it's gonna destroy him getting better. Well, it doesn't. You know, it's gonna make you get better if you if you're allowed, if the child is allowed to make steps on his own on how they're gonna get better. Yeah. You know, if you set it up for them step by step, it won't work. But if you let them and sit with them and plan with them, they will create something if they really want to do it, and they will get better. Yeah, Dave, that, that's a good point. I mean, the fact is we went through a period of time where we were so sensitive uh, as to, you know, disappointing our kids if they fail. And, you know, let's make sure we don't, you know, we really try to cushion uh, the fall. And in the long run, we're doing them a disservice because, yeah, you know, sometimes the kids have to fail in order to build up and get better on their own. So if, if, you're, if you're taking these kind of things to an extreme – no, we got to make sure kids understand that not everything in life is going to be given to them on a platter, and, and they have to understand if they want to work and make things happen in a positive way, it's up to them to, to find the inner drive and, and the desire to, to work through the adversity. Yeah, and the, the last part of that would be it's just a, a societal thing now is that in that is communication, and that's something that's really lost with our young kids today because they do not know how to communicate with each other, never mind with their parents or with someone who is in control of them in the classroom or in the playing field. Well, we have to, They have to be able to communicate, and you communicate how to get better. You ask them, 
What do I need to do to play? I, what do I, I need to do to move on? What do I need to do to try to even make the team? That's, Dave, that's exactly why, and thanks for the call this morning. That's why I brought up the Michael Jordan example. People know he got cut from his high school team as a sophomore, but what they may not know is that when Jordan was cut, he went back to his high school coach down in Carolina and said, okay, coach, what do I need to work on on my game to improve myself to be able to come back next year and make the varsity? And that's what Dave's talking about, and I agree with that. We have to, and again, we can't expect our kids to learn this on their own just you know, instinctively. This is where they need some guidance for a mom and dad to sit down and say, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah, you've got a setback. What are you going to do now uh, to, to overcome this? If this is important to you, if playing sports at a higher or less level is important to you, what are you going to do to change this and to make yourself a better athlete? And that gets back to going to the coach and asking, you know, what could I do to improve my game? Uh, and I think that's a hugely important lesson for our kids as they go through sports, particularly in their middle school and, you know, freshman or sophomore year. Find out. Go talk to the coach. See what they have to say. It's just, that's, that's the first step. Let's move on. Let's go to Fred in Hicksville. Hey, Fred, you're on the fan. Hi. Well, I want to give you a little perspective from a little different view. Um, I have a daughter who, uh, at the time, was interested in gymnastics. And um, she was not a club athlete. Uh, her mother and I asked her how far she wanted to go, and she said she loved gymnastics but that she wasn't, you know, it's a 24-7, uh, you know, how you have to go to be that good. And mm-hmm. what she started from seventh grade, I think you know that you can qualify in New York State for varsity in seventh grade. Right. In seventh grade, um, the first thing she had to do was pass the physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I tried to do to help her with it, I was skeptical she could pass it because of her running. She wasn't a good runner, and she had to beat the time. So what I tried to do is every time she ran to encourage her, I would, whether it was or not, I'd always take some a second or two off the time, and it would make her feel better, and she'd try harder. Well, she made the team, and when she started, she would be getting 3.2s, you know, in a, in a world of 9.5s, as you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Every year until her senior year, her scores went up a little bit more. At the end of her junior year, she missed out on a state qualifying uh, for a state, state uh, qualifier where uh, they test the girls and the best of the girls go to the state championship. She missed out on just qualifying for that meet by about two-tenths of one point. Mm. So she was all set for her senior year. Um, and again, this is an athlete who was not going to be a superstar. She just achieved on her own, and people were very proud of her. In fact, her mother and I were. One day before the senior uh, season started, I got a call from her, and she said, Dad, could you pick me up? And it was before the practice ended. When I went to get her, she had not done anything wrong. She just fell on a dismount, and she wound up tearing her ACL. Ooh. And basically what happened was brought her to the hospital. And basically the doctor there said, oh, it's not a big deal. Simple surgery. And it's all, it'll, it, she'll be fine. Well, in the meantime, she wasn't going to be a college athlete. She just wanted to achieve in high school. And of course it ended, it shattered her dreams because this was the one shot that she had to just make that qualifying need. And, you know, for me as her dad, I felt like 
you know, I said, you know what? Take my arm, take my leg. I'd do anything to give her back her opportunity. Well, the end result was, I mean, it was the most devastating injury. And how how could it have, uh, what, what it could have led her to be psychologically? Well, at that state qualifying meet where we went to, to see the meet itself, to see how the best athletes competed, when they announced all of the awards, suddenly they announced my daughter's name and said that they, they gave her the most courageous athlete award. Hmm. And <laughs> basically, you know something? Again, it depends. Adversity can be a lot of different ways. And it went from completely losing her dream to the recognition that really um, people saw in her and the courage that they saw in her to try to, uh, to, to, to try to overcome that type of adversity. So, you know, it has a lot of different meanings like they say uh, adversity has has no father well, and everything fred but, i'm, I'm I mean, so i'm so happy you, you shared that story about uh, your daughter this morning and as you said overcoming adversity uh, you know it, it blossoms in in unexpected ways and 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 to get that kind of that uh, public uh, admiration uh you know from the from your daughter's coaching staff and other parents saying you know she she really needs to be uh, you know, basically observed and seen in a very, very positive life for what she had done to overcome all these issues over the years to get to the point where she was that close to going to the, the, the you know, to the, uh, the qualifiers. I mean, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful story. And again, well, you, go, go ahead, you don't mind, I just want to tell you the end, res- one end result of it. There yes. was one athlete who um, was the best by far, and she had missed out on the Olympic trials because of a knee injury. And um, she got to know my daughter during that season and actually befriended my daughter, you know, with my daughter on crutches Mm -hmm. at a meet that that they met. And she was going to go to the Olympic trials. There was no question about it. At that qualifying meet, she had, you know, 10s and 9.8s. And the focus was on her. And after the meet was over, we just went over to congratulate her on how wonderful she did. Sure. And as she saw us through the crowd with TV people and all kinds of media people around her, she took this woman and brought her over to us. And she said to her, to us and to her mother, she said, mom, this is, this is the girl I told you about. And she came over to us and she said, I want to congratulate you all the focus was on her, and she said, "I'm so proud of you that for what you've done." And and actually, that she was the biggest star of all, and what a sweet young lady. She what was important to her was to come over and hug my daughter for getting that award, and it was so heartwarming. And you know what? It really helped my daughter to get through it. And my daughter's a chef now, and you know what? I think a lot of that. She's a great chef. And I think a lot of that motivated her to see how much she oh, could overcome. Fred, I, I'm absolutely convinced of that. I mean, obviously, your daughter went through a lot of work for many years to get to where she was, only to be deal with yet another setback with the ACL injury. And uh, the adulation that she was surrounded with uh, from the other, you know, the other gymnasts, the other competitors, the, you know, the coaching staff, this is what prepared her for her new career as a chef. And, and there's no question. And, of course, she and you have a lifetime of wonderful memories from her gymnastics uh, days in high school. This is a, this is a, you know, it, we'd love to have seen her go on to, you know, and been a big star as a gymnast as her senior year. But the fact is, these memories are positive, are, are going to last 
you know, forever. And, 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 maybe the most, and maybe the most important thing of all was the fact that she saw that both her mom and dad were not supporting her because she was becoming uh, a better athlete, a star, that we were there for her no matter what it was, no matter who she was, and helped her through everything. Yeah. And that we were proud of her, whether she got 3.2s or 8.5s. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Fred, again, my thanks for, for a really uh, wonderful story this morning. Just a terrific, terrific story. Thank you. Let's uh, let's go over to Coach Tom in, uh, in North Arlington. Tom, good morning. What what do you what do you have to add in, in terms of uh, you know the coach's role in all this? Good morning, Rick. I don't know how I can follow up that. Yeah, that's a pretty good that's, story. That's, that's, yeah. that's like impossible. But I, yes, I was going to say from a coaching standpoint, I would say simple things. I mean, as far as the physical, you know, injuries and things like that. That's obviously you know other than encouragement, mm-hmm. it's not too much. But as far as you know, in a team way or individual talent. Our job as coaches, in my mind, is to make things so difficult in practice, okay, that when games come, you know, you can get through the adversity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, Coach? It's like, you know, whether it's, you know, through, you know, difficult uh, drills or, okay, no, do that over it, or preparing them to not let referees and things beyond their control, you know, to affect them. And, and the other thing I used to always do is uh, as far as, if I cut a kid or something like that, I always give him the option. Listen, whole off season and all, you're welcome to come play with us. You know, do it, do whatever. I'll give you all the drills. And again, no guarantee it's gonna make you big back on the team, but it gives them the best opportunity. If it was a boy, you know, that had never played before, and basically because of inexperience got cut or whatever reason. And you'd be surprised at the number of kids. And again, we talk about this, you know, as far as you know, cutting kids at an early age, grow into their bodies. And as long as they're not determined that they are already a has-been in the sport, you'd be amazed, and I, I don't have to say you, but people would be amazed that kids turn from cuttable material into, you know, all-league material. It's, it's, it's incredible. You know, it's just incredible, with the, you know, just to drive and, and growing into your body and, and things like that. Tom, I agree with you. In fact, one of the concerns we've talked about in the, on the air before is that uh, with the advent and impact of travel and club teams, you know, kids who around the age of 10, 11, 12, uh, they don't make a travel or club team at that age. They then have to decide whether they just want to stay with the sport or, or do something else. A generation ago, when there weren't any club or travel teams, kids kept playing right on to the time they were freshmen in high school. And sometimes, you just said, these kids would have become – they would develop and get better just because they didn't know how weak they were as athletes, but they persevered and stayed at it. And before you know it, now they're 14 or 15 years old and they're pretty good athletes and will make a contribution to the varsity squad. But again, nowadays, so many kids just walk away when they're 12 or 11 because they're not making the travel team. And that's, that's, that's a real problem. It's a real and you know it's 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 mental. Uh, I mean, look, the years I'm sure you saw coaching baseball. How many times you looked at a kid and said, "Boy, this kid's good," and you know he could, he should be so much better. And you look at somebody else and you say, "I don't know how he stays here and makes it with what he's got." Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a mental thing. It's what, what did Yogi Berra say? Ninety percent half mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care and happy. Th- thanks, Tom. And and yeah, I mean that's true. I mean uh, we know as as coaches as coaches. Kids, we see the long-term potential in young kids, 
as so long as they stay with it and develop it. They're not going to get immediate positive feedback in their sport when they're just, you know, they're 9 or 10 or 11 and they're still mastering the skills. But as they get older and, and get stronger and whatever, they're going to get really good. But if you're cutting them when they're 10 and they walk away, they're not coming back to that sport. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Hey, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock on this Easter uh, Sunday morning, uh, Ed Randall will be here, and he'll be talking baseball with you. Again, that follows the Sports Edge. And as always, I invite you to check out my website and blog at AskCoachWolf.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. My book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed, uh, you can now pre-order the book uh, in audio form, uh, you can go to Amazon and do that, and the book will be released in audio next week, I understand. Uh, and obviously, the book itself, the Sports Psychology Revealed, this is all about helping your son or daughter deal with adversity in their athletic careers. So I would certainly recommend if your youngster is having some difficulties in coping with making the psychological adjustments to their game, pick up a copy of Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. On Saturday, April 27th at East Chester High School, uh, there's going to be an all-day baseball and softball tournament sponsored by the Dom Ciceri Play for 10 Foundation. But this year, around uh, 2.30 in the afternoon, there's going to be an unveiling of a life-size statue of Coach Ciceri. And anyone who's ever been involved in high school or college baseball over the last 50 years in this area knows what an extraordinary and kind man Dom Ciceri was, and as well, of course, as an amazingly successful coach. Again, uh, this all takes place on Saturday, April 27th at East Chester High School, where Dom coached for decades. Okay, we're talking about the gift of adversity at one 337 6666 As promised, let's get back to our callers. Let's go to A.J. over in Princeton. A.J., good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. <clears throat> Rick, let's, let's not forget that 99% of athletes go pro in something other than sports. Correct. I saw that on, uh, on a, I think it was a college football game. I, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty good phrase. Yes. Um, listen, I was all of five foot seven, 140 pounds um, coming out of high school, um, and I was a kicker, um, feeling pretty good about going to junior college. Um, and playing ball, and I show up the first day of practice. Um, there's eight kickers. <laughs> yeah. There's one. There's one guy that was kind of like the star. Yeah. And they put us through double session um, workouts as if we were just regular players, not kickers. Yep. And I, I was used to living the kicker's life, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not going, not going through all the drills. Well, here I am. It's in. It's now August. Um, you know, typical summer weather. Uh, full gear, doing uh, double sessions. After the first day, I mean, I couldn't get out of bed to go the second day, but I did. And after the second day, I quit. Uh, I, just could, I just couldn't do it. Physically, I couldn't do it. And I just said, I'm not, I, I, this isn't what I kind of signed up for. Right. So I quit. I quit. Well, you know, it, it, it kind of lingered on me. So uh, finally, the, the next year comes. I tried out again. There were only six of us there at this point. And, of course, two guys were like the stars. 
but I ended up being the uh, the top kicker. Uh, and so that's now my sophomore year. Uh, later that year, Bob Ford from Albany comes to the school, and he's looking for a kicker. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to get into Albany because my grades weren't good enough, and we found a pretty good match. <laughs> he was he was one year coming out of club football, so they were they were um, Division three for one year. The second year we went undefeated, mm-hmm. and that's the only uh, only undefeated team Albany will ever have. And I've got memories like you can't believe. And I am now a dedicated basement athlete, if you know what I mean. I mean, I play golf. I play golf, but, you know, this is now 45 years ago that I was describing. So we have to kind of live in our own bodies, not be professional athletes, and have the positive effects. In my case, this adversity was actually a very, very good thing. AJ, you know, yeah. the story The story you tell, obviously it's your own personal story, and, and I can tell you that every every serious athlete has comparable stories to what you went through. Uh, and you mentioned, of course, the, the first thing you mentioned is that, you know, 99% of all the, of the athletes in college don't turn pro. That's true. So all athletes at some point have to deal with adversity when their sports career or athletic career comes to an end. But this is exactly what we're talking about. I mean, the fact is you decided, okay, after my first year of trying out, man, I was not prepared physically for the ordeal. You come back the second year and yeah, not only do you have stiff competition, but you go on to become the best kicker, and you go on to play at Albany. So, I mean, this is what we're talking about, and these are the things that all athletes, as they look back over their playing career, take extraordinary pride in because they did it on their own. Nobody came in and handed this to you. Nobody said, okay, no, we'll make a special exception for, for you. You did it yourself, and and that's that's where all great athletes take so much great, as I said, great pride and, and, and realize that this is what they accomplished. And that's, that's what we're all talking about. Simple as that. So, AJ, let me go on to other calls, but I thank you again. That's, that's a great, great story. I appreciate it. Take care, AJ. Always a pleasure, Rick. You Always bet. a pleasure. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's check in with our friend uh, Jack over in Fairlawn. Jack Smith, and good morning. I'm sure you got more to talk about when it comes to adversity. You know, it's, it's funny, Rick, that... A lot of my friends would call me, actually, Ani, the guy that we were with in Mawa, uh, Ani Ramos, and I were talking about adversity yesterday. And, you know, one of the things I think has a lot to do with adversity and how kids deal with it is their, like this last caller, their passion. Yes. When they don't have a passion for the sport, they have a tendency to give up. And Thomas Edison said it best. You know, most people don't understand how close they are to success when they quit. And, you know, the problem is, is that adversity teaches us not to quit. But if we don't have a love for what we're doing and a passion for wanting to proceed, we have a tendency to walk away from it. But there's where the best lessons can be given. You know, I I remember my grandfather telling me years and years and years ago, he says, you know, if the road that you're taking is always easy, then you're probably going the wrong way. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the funny thing about that is, is that adversity teaches us. And if you think about this, and you talked about the athletes before, Rick, and, and you were right on target as usual, all right? I mean, I have a competition with you. I can't stay with you with all the times that you're right and I'm, I'm right, because you're right many more times than I am. <laughs> but, you know, the, the funny thing about it is read all of these athletes' books. They don't talk about their successes. No. Their first seven no. chapters and their eight 
chapter book is all about adversity and how they dealt with it. And, and, you know, one of the things that you said before is that, you know, you talked about Michael Jordan and the thing that nobody brought up here except for you brought it up on a, you know, on a back doorway, but Michael Jordan went to speak to the coach, not mommy and daddy. Okay. Uh And there's Uh we, there's where you teach your lessons. You teach your lessons and teaching the kids, like we always talked about, Rick, repetition, repetition, repetition. Let them know that this is the way to deal with it. You know, and one other thing, nearly every person in the world understands adversity. But if you want to test their true character, give them some. <laughs> give them some adversity <laughs> and, watch the, and watch their character grow or just disappear. You know, Rick, great topic. You know, this is, in all my years of coaching, teaching, and mentoring, and even being a parent, this was one of my specialties because adversity is what makes us who we are. It does. Yeah, it I, character. I, I, I hear you loud and clear, Jack. Uh, I do agree with that, that uh, we all sort of start out with high hopes, but the adversity is the part that really develops the sense of character. And, one, and, you know, I could agree more. One of the other things, one of the other things, and, you know, these are quotes because I have a book of quotes and, you know, the ones that I, you know, I have a whole chapter on adversity. But, you know, one of the quotes that I always loved was, you know, the hardest times that we often lead um, usually are our greatest moments. The times that we have hard that, that are really make us struggle, these are the best times of our life sometimes, yeah. you know. No, I, it's, and, you know, it's and a- like you said, just, you know, read these books. They're all about adversity. I, I, that's a very, very valid observation, Jack. Thanks, as always, for, for your thoughts. Very much appreciate it. You're, you're more than welcome, Rick, and you have a great holiday. Thank you, Jack. You too. And, and, and you know, to Jack's point, yeah, and that is the element about this. The, the kid has a passion for that sport. I mean, you can tell as a parent, if they go through a tough time, uh, whatever the adverse situation may be, and then you spot them on their own, not with an organized practice or whatever, but on their own going out, let's say they're playing basketball and they're working on their free throw shooting on their own uh, or they're, they're an infielder, they're taking a tennis ball and throwing it against a wall to work on their infield play. Whatever it might be, if you see that they're really working at their sport, at their skills on their own and do it day after day after day from a parent, that's a very good telltale sign that your kid's going to really is determined to overcome those obstacles and to make him or herself uh, into a better, better athlete. Uh, and that's where you take, as a parent, great pride because you can see that they obviously are determined to make them into a, a better overall athlete and, and to really try to overcome this sense, whatever this adversity may be. Let's go quickly to John in Dumont, New Jersey. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you today? Good, John. Hey, this is a great topic. I just wanted to let you know, I yeah. have a son who wound up playing college baseball at University of Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And from the time he was about three years old, I always, we had wiffle ball bats, and I was always throwing a baseball to him. And he always had a great deal of fun. But when I look back over his career, prior to Little League, he was eight years old. And there was a league where they call it minor division. Mm-hmm. And he was a good pitcher. And... Uh, he didn't throw hard, but he always threw strikes. Mm-hmm. And I remember one year, the eight and nine-year-olds were going for the championship, and they didn't want to pitch him because he uh, he didn't have he didn't have enough arm speed. So here he is, eight years old, and they're worried about how fast the kid throws. <laughs> so, which, 
And if you ever watch any of those games, it's all walks. Yeah, you want to make sure the kid can throw strikes. He, he's, yeah. he's the MVP. So, and, and you might want to say to the coach, like, hey, you know, isn't it if a kid can hit a home run or who cares how many miles an hour it is, let him play. At yeah. least the game's moving. Yeah. But so that was it when he was eight. When he was 10, uh, I was more of the same. The coach, the son, played uh, first base, so he didn't play first base. He wound up being in the outfield. Yeah. And then the high school coach liked to play the older kids over maybe some of the kids that were a little bit better because of their age. So that went right through from the time he was eight up until through high school. A lot of adversity. Yeah, a lot of adversity. Then he goes to college, and now all of a sudden, there's a hell of a lot of competition. Sure. But he was used to it. So as a freshman, he didn't play. And as a sophomore, it didn't look great. But anyway, it wound up, the kid that was playing over him at first base wound up not having a good year. So that gave him the chance. And then he became their MVP as a junior. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. So, but what really, he would not give up. He just loved baseball. And that's the whole thing. John, this is a, such a wonderful story to to uh, end the show with because that's exactly what we're talking about. Here's your son who loves baseball, has a passion for the sport. Obviously, went through uh, years and years of people basically saying, "Nah, you not you don't throw hard enough. Nah, you're not big enough. Now nah, we got other kids who are better than you are." He's the one that ends up as the MVP at at a Division One baseball program at the University of Pennsylvania. That's what we're talking about, and that's that's a win win. Not only for him, but obviously for for you and, and his family as well. And John, thank you, thank you for bringing that to our attention this morning. It's a great, great story. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, okay, thank you. Thanks, John. And that's a as I said, that's the perfect way to end the show about the gift of adversity. You got to get your kids to understand that not everything is going to be smooth. The real question is, when those setbacks do occur, how are they going to basically respond? That's the key. All right, let me take a pause. I'll be back with more. Well, just to uh, very quickly summarize this, I think as uh, Jack Smithland's grandfather said it pretty succinctly, if you're going down a smooth and easy road in life, chances are you're going in the wrong direction. I think that's pretty applicable when it comes to our kids in sports because adversity, nobody wants to go through adverse situations, but in the long run, if you handle it the right way and your kids are taught how to handle it the right way, it'll make them better and stronger uh, in terms of their athletic career and obviously in preparation for life as well. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.